everybody. It's Monday, February 7th, and that means it's time for another episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia Nonprofit Conversations. I'm one of your hosts, Cecilia Sup. I'm the principal and founder of Rogue Tulips Consulting. We work exclusively with nonprofits, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Agnes. I'm going to throw it over to Agnes to say hello and introduce herself. Thank you, Cecilia. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, wherever you're joining us from. My name is Agnes Amos Coleman. I'm a consultant. Over to you, Cecilia. Great. Thank you, Agnes. And we are really excited to have first-time guest Chris Alusana here with us today. And we are going to discuss creating member value through Wise Investment Strategy. Welcome, Chris. Would you like to say hello and tell us a little about yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are watching us from. My name is Christopher Olushola. I'm from Nigeria. I work with EcoBank Nigeria. I'm a regional head covering the Midwest and Southwest uh, region of the business. And I'm happy to be here today. Great. Well, thank you, Chris. And we want to dive right in because investments can seem a little intimidating to most of us who don't practice financial expertise the way you do. Uh, So our first question for you is, when you're looking at associations or other types of nonprofits, who should be involved in the decision-making process when it does come to the investment strategies? Okay, well, when when you talk investment, um, basically the people that should be involved in investment, the Experts, those who have the requisite knowledge in investment, so that you don't you don't want to get into murky waters because you are investing. And so the real people that should be involved are the management of the associations. And these managements are guided by the board of trustees. Interesting, Chris. I think that's a, that's definitely a good uh a thought process because uh, it, within the association community, not all of us have that uh, financial astuteness to be able to drive this vision. And because of the level of risk that's involved, there's definitely, you, you do have a point. It has to come from the leadership of the organization or the governance of the organization. So thank you for sharing that. I, I just have a question as well. I mean, what sort of policies should be in place regarding financial management within our association community? What are some of the best practices that you can share with us as far as policies are concerned? Okay, really, um, for any organization, uh, be it associations, be it, I mean, when you talk about associations, you're talking about nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, the key thing uh, that governs finance is the, the source and use of funds. Mm-hmm. So policies must cover the source of funds to the association and mm-hmm. how the funds are to be appropriated, how they're supposed to be you know, allocated to different activities they want to go in, as well as the assets to invest it in the type of investment they can you know, uh, make with the surplus funds that they have. So key thing here is how did they get their money and to what use did they put the money to, the funds to? And when they have surplus, where do they invest it in? And, and really within our, Cecilia, you can jump in here, within our association community, of course, our goal is to re, 
reinvest money back into our membership to strengthen the membership, to add value to the membership. Uh, there isn't anything wrong with associations making money, but it's really channeling back to that community that they serve. Would you say that's a, a correct assumption, Cecilia? Oh, I would say exactly, Agnes, uh, because when you're managing the resources for any organization and especially nonprofits, you need to make sure if you can, that you do have some sort of a reserve fund, that you do have an investment strategy that is in place and actually implemented. So for example, if you have a stock portfolio or investment portfolio as a nonprofit, you need to make sure you're reviewing that regularly because you may need to make some changes. And, and I have talked with several chief staff executives who are regularly, especially in, in today's environment, as we mm -hmm. like to say, with so much uncertainty going on uh, in the world around us. And, and frankly, you know, I know people could say that about any day of the week or any day of any year, but I think right now we're, you know, we're looking at a lot of international tension. We're looking at economic distress. Uh, we're looking at some social upheaval around the world at this point. Uh, as often happens, these things kind of calm down over time, but that makes the stock market volatile. So when you're handling your investments, and, and Chris, this is a little different question. Um, so when you're handling investments in this kind of volatile environment, what sort of mm -hmm. advice would you have for a client or a nonprofit? Well, um, the first thing really here is uh, transparency, you know, mm -hmm. um, and this is a function of the objective that you set for yourself as an association and whether you want to make such uh, objective public knowledge. And of course, you need to share with, with the public or stakeholders how you are fed. And of course, this is an indication of your transparency. Hmm. But by and large, when we talk investment, you want to look at the security of the investment. You want to look at the liquidity of the investment. And you also want to look at the yield. Wow, uh, these are technical terms in the investment world, really. And uh, but let's, I mean, keeping it simple, we can just say, okay, fine. You want to make sure your funds are safe. You want to make sure you don't lose the amount invested. You also want to make sure, okay, you can easily get your money out. That's the liquidity. And you want to make sure that you are doing it at a profit and, you are, and the profit is significant enough for you to tie your money down or to keep your money down for a specific period of time. Hmm. So I, I will just sum it up, I mean, I mean uh, like that. That sounds to me, sorry, go ahead, Celia. I was just going to say, I think that's a great summary right there. Um, Absolutely. Like we might be leading into an acronym later <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> you know, of that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, transparency is so important uh, for so many things. But I think a, a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations, especially membership associations of any kind, are, are always wondering, well, where, where the heck is all this money going and who's getting it? Um, so if you have questions about that, folks, you can always go and look at the 990 form for whatever mm -hmm. association you're interested in. So that's another one. So Agnes, do you have another question? Well, it kind of just, based on the uh, what Chris just shared, I, I'm thinking of, it sounds like an investment strategy here that an association needs to have an investment strategy. And that kind of sums up what Chris was saying and, and for our global audience who are listening. So maybe the starting point here is 
creating an investment strategy and then looking at how, you know, uh, discussing this with your governance and all the stakeholders that's involved, because Chris has touched on that, and then communicating how that's going to happen. And that's where the transparency comes into play. So Chris, can you add anything else to this, you know, as far as the value of a, a, an investment strategy. And if we have some of our members, our global members who are saying, I want to create an investment strategy, how can they go about doing this? Okay, so um, I think the, the, the best way to start this is to say, okay, is to give a clear understanding of what the investment strategy is all about. Mm. Um, the investment strategy in itself is a process. And uh, you have a couple of steps. I think the first step is for you to, you know, have guidance on what sort of instruments you want to invest in. Do you want to go to the money market? Do you want to go to the capital market? Just like Cecilia said, I mean, uh, you know, st stated a while back, a, a while back. And, uh, that brings us to the how. So we've, we've, we've started with the what. What are we investing in? So the next thing is how. How do we invest? Are we going to invest for the short term? Are we going to invest for the medium term? Are we going to invest for the long term? That's at the basic level what we need to look at. The next step, of course, is what? How do we create value by putting these excess funds in vehicles that will yield a return to us. So that's still part of the how. Mm. And when we are taking a decision on how we go about this, we have to have these, these basic points at the back of our mind. Again, you want to look at the preservation of your funds. You don't want to invest $100 or $100,000 um, today and 30 days later, 60 days later, you find out that your $100,000 has, has reduced to $80,000. Mm. That's loss of value. So those are the things you also have to look at for. Now, again, you want to say, you, you want to look at, okay, fine, what, what is the strength of the association to determine the type of return of, or the rate of investment they're looking out for? How good are they with negotiating for a better yield of returns on their investment. So I take it again, we start, I take it again, investment strategy is a process. It starts with what, how? And again, we have to look at our strengths. How well can we negotiate for a better yield? So this still goes around you ensuring that the fund, your funds is secure. You can easily get your funds out and you can get a good yield at the end of the day. Yeah, and that, and I think that's great advice even for us individual investors who are planning for our own retirement. Um, Absolutely. If that ever comes, that day ever comes, we don't know. <laughs> their retirement day. But uh, Agnes, did you have a follow-up to that? That was actually a, a great summary of what oh, we I I think that that's definitely an excellent process when creating an investment strategy. And, and one thing that I might wanna uh, kind of throw out there is that 
again, we have to look at the risk appetite of the organization because the association, sure. whether they're adverse to risk or whether they're willing to, you know, take a lot of risk. So again, that's where the risk appetite comes into play. So, you know, I, I really think that summing it up that way for us, Chris, is definitely a great insight. So thank you for sharing this because, you know, investment and, 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 and financial management of associations are very complex. I mean, it shouldn't be, uh, but I, I think that having you come and, and really breaking it down for us uh, would definitely help our global community um, to begin to think about this more seriously and engaging more people on board uh, to make this happen. So thank you for doing that for us. Yes. Let me add though, let me add though that you say the risk appetite really is influenced by the need for cash flow. Mm. And I mean, to resolve your operating expenses and your capital expenditure. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're not going to have need for, you're not going to have immediate need. Mm -hmm. So you, you might want to go for a medium term investment mm -hmm. or you want to go for a long time investment. But if you, again, if you have needs for capital expenditure and you probably have to use more of your funds, it reduces your appetite for ah. investment. Your risk appetite for investment at that point is going to be reduced. So at any point in time, yes, the risk factor is there, but mm. This is driven by your need for cash flow. Mm. So your That's need for insight. cash flow is crucial here. Mm. And that is what drives the risk appetite. Thank you. That, that's a great point. I love that term risk appetite uh, mm -hmm. because we usually hear, you know, risk threshold or uh, are you risk averse, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So Chris, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So you're saying our risk appetite goes down if we need stronger cash flow? Yeah. Yeah. If you need a stronger cash flow, uh, you, you wouldn't want to take a risk. I mean, your, you, you, the trend, your, your, you see, your, your use of funds mm -hmm. is actually limit, um, limits you. If you mm -hmm. have a very high need for funds mm -hmm. in the short time, you wouldn't want to, you know, tie down your funds for a long time you know, for a long-term investment. Mm. So that, that kind of slows you down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So I understood. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to get away from using the technical terms and trying yeah. to keep it simple. Okay. No, that's right. No, that's what we need. <laughs> and that's what we need because like, you know, most of us are not financial experts like exactly, you. Exactly. Yes. In a, in a way we can understand it. And I, and again, love that term risk appetite. Uh, yes. So, you know, we're, we're trying near the close of our episode. So I want to bring it back to members uh, for a few minutes. So we have investment strategies. We know who's going to be involved in that process. We, we know we have to manage our portfolio. Do you have any advice for nonprofits and, and specifically associations with members of how to demonstrate the value of investment to them? Like how, how is a wise investment strategy creating member value? Okay, I'll say when you're thinking of creating an investment strategy, I'll say think sly. And sly means? Security, liquidity, and yield. I love that. Me too. So that, that way, that, that way you will be protecting both the interest 
you'll be protecting the interest of all the stakeholders. Mm. Because for each stakeholder, they require security, they require, I mean, liquidity will take care of your internal customers mm -hmm. or internal stakeholders, if you want me to put it that way. I mean, the, I mean, the service industry, so I deal with a lot of clients and customers. I mean, it, I mean it's neither here nor there. But um, you need to have an investment strategy that accommodates everybody, mm -hmm. that accommodates all stakeholders within the organization, everybody that has something to do with the organization. And um, an acronym that best describes what you need to accommodate in your strategy is FLY. Security of the investment, liquidity of the investment, and the yield of the investment. Love it. So easy to remember, too. I love that. Thank you. So uh, we, we need to wrap up for this week. Um, Agnes, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I think uh, Chris summed it up very nicely. I love that acronym, security, liquidity, and yield. So for our global <laughs> members, you, you've heard it from the expert and uh, it couldn't get more simpler than that. Um, and I love it. And thank you, Chris, for joining us. I'm sure that we will have you back. Uh, to come and further share your insights uh, to our community on how to continue to be better and continue to enhance the investment portfolio. So thank you for joining us. We'll be happy to. Thank you very much, Agnes. That's great. Well, so Chris, we'd just like to ask our guest before we sign off, what is the one thought other than Sly that you would like our audience to take away today regarding investment strategy? And then if they wanted to follow up with you, what's a good way to get in touch? Okay, well, um, one thought in investment, I would say, do your research. Uh, research, yeah, do your research. And of course you can add the acronym slide, security, investment and uh, uh, security of the investment, liquidity, and of course the yield. Those are things that you need to put into consideration. But the key word there, do your research on the organization that you're investing your funds with and the type of instrument you're using and let the security, let the yield and let the liquidity drive your decision-making. And of course, I can always be rich through my social media handles, LinkedIn, I'm available on LinkedIn, I'm available on Instagram and on Facebook. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. And we look forward to having you back because you make financial strategy and issues understandable. So you know, I can balance a budget, <laughs> but you, know, you get into some of those big portfolio management things and that's where I go to the experts uh, yes. like yourself. So we have to go rogue for now, but thanks for joining us this week. And we'll be back next time with another exciting episode of Chatting with Agnes and Cecilia. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting, visit our website, roguetulips.com. And if you'd like to learn more about our educational arm, the 501C League, you can learn more there at the 501Cleague.net. The League is a leader in CAE education for both exam prep and renewal. So check them out. Again, the 501Cleague.net. On behalf of myself, Agnes, and Chris, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>